Yeah, I do a lot of things. I have a lot of arms, right? And like, it's like, sometimes it gets a little crazy. But at the core of it is all like a creative process that I just love, that I thrive on. Mm -hmm. And it makes me happy. And if it doesn't make me happy, then I'm going to stop. You're listening to Skip Intro with me, Krista Smith. Today, I am bringing back my interview with the one and only Kate Hudson. At the time of the recording, Kate and I had just wrapped up a photo shoot for Q and had settled in for a long-awaited catch-up session. Raised by mom Goldie Hawn and stepdad Kurt Russell, I've always been interested in Kate's unique perspective on the industry and the no-nonsense nature with which she navigates it. After getting her first Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actress and Almost Famous, Kate made her mark in the rom-com space with starring roles in films like How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, You, Me, and Dupree, Fool's Gold, and Bride Wars. While continuing to win over audiences worldwide, Kate simultaneously established herself as a savvy businesswoman founding Fabletics, King Street Vodka, and In Bloom, all while raising three children, Ryder, Bing, and Ronnie. In this conversation, we talk about parenthood, what she's learned from navigating love over the years, and her lifelong passion for singing and songwriting. We'll start off by hearing about Kate's first ever role and how Kurt, in particular, encouraged her, but also put the business in perspective. All right, Kate Hudson, it is fantastic to see you, be with you, spend some time with you, photograph you, now talk to you. Yay! Uh, So thanks for coming on the podcast. Of course. And thanks for this whole setup, which is like magic. What was your very first job? Like the first time you were, whether you had a spoke spoke or not. Party of five. That was my first job. how old were you? I was uh, 16. And my mom actually let me do it because it was only like, you know, a couple of days off of school. Um, but I started auditioning at 16. And then and then my first job job was this little weird movie called Ricochet River in Bend, Oregon, um, which was so, I mean, I the, the memories I have on that movie are more vivid than like memories I had on other films that I've done. Of course, it's your first oh, one, it was, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was really fun. And, and, dramatic and just so many kids young kids and you know it was that was that was a really good first experience now were your parents discouraging at all or were they encouraging no my parents aren't like that my they're they're super encouraging I think their only their only concern was the why you know which was like what what is it that you find so appealing about this life because for them, it's like, you know, when you, when, as I know now, you know, you, you know, when your kids, it's like Ryder, he, he's definitely going down the same road. If you have a performer child, you know it from the beginning. I think that was how, what they knew about me. They just wanted to make sure that I wanted to do it because I really loved the craft, not because it was like about, you know, the, the notoriety or the validation or the fame. And... I think very quickly Kurt realized like that, I mean, Kurt more so than my mom, but Kurt, you know, asked me, he was like, if, if I told you you'd spend the rest of your life doing community th- theater and you'd be supplementing your 
finances doing another job? Like, what, what would you say? I'm like, I, I would, I'm like, what do you, I would be doing community theater. He's like, then you're in the right business. Yeah. And I think that's the right way to look at it because it's so tumultuous. You know, one minute you're up here and the next minute you're there. The one was you're up here and then you're up there. And, then you're and it's like that. I think every actor has had those experiences, even in the, in, in great success. So I was really prepared for that part. So, so because of that, I think they were totally encouraging. I mean, also, I will say that I remember vividly when in, in the big like commercial sense when everyone knew Kate Hudson was obviously almost famous, right? That was giant. That was bit, yeah, that was Penny like Lane. a like, whirlwind. We still use that character name for someone that can always like get it's in so anywhere. Amazing. It's like, you know, writers generation that movie holds up so much that even his friends are actually like quoting it or knowing who I am through that film you know which is to me just such a testament to that movie I mean the fact Mm -hmm. that it holds up like that and then every generation is discovering it so cool yeah, and you were nominated for an Oscar. For I that was, movie. <laughs> I was, and I remember, I remember the first like you know because it's that the the whole like couple months, and I remember as I was like like when a golden like the golden apple, and I started I started like remember uncle my uncle Marty Martin Short um, gave me this award very early on, and I remember looking I was twenty one, you know, I'm looking up and I'm like Uncle Marty's like honoring me. I was like, what is happening? It was just such a whirlwind. And simultaneously, I had fallen madly in love, which really grounded me during that time. Because I really just wanted to like be cozied up with my husband, soon to be (laughs) ex-husband. You know, Um, but then back then, it was like, it was a great counter, it was a great balance to what was what was happening, because it was such a, I mean, I was so young, and it was such a whirlwind. Did anybody say to you, Kate, what are you doing? Don't get married. Don't fall in love now. You're just your, your career. Now you have to focus no. only on work. No, I mean, I think people ask my mom more than they said anything to me. And like, I have the, that, my family is like, hey, you're going to do what you're going to do. I mean, we're such a patchwork. I mean, we grew up in a patchwork family yeah. and yet we're so close. So we're doing something right. You know, when, you know, I, I know it's not traditional and I've certainly followed the non-traditional way of life but no my mom wanted they saw how much I loved him they knew Mm -hmm. that that was what I was going to do whether they you know gave me their permission or not and yeah they were I mean what are you going to do no it's amazing right you either embrace it or you create a problem yeah so and god I'm so grateful for that because my I mean we had Ryder. I mean, the whole thing. I mean, he, Chris taught me everything about love. It was just, he was the best, even though it didn't end up working out. But um, he gave me so much knowledge of like to feel unconditionally loved. Mm -hmm. It is incredible from the outside to watch uh, because you were just this like the next thing or the thing everyone was obsessed one it was the perfect actor for a perfect role right at the perfect time all of those things yeah and then in the midst of that you get married you have a kid you you like you said you started momming yeah right and then you 
And then I did How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, which was huge. huge. But then that what that did, which was really interesting, is then everything that was really coming my way were were rom-coms. So like the way I started my entry into the business wasn't necessarily then the way everybody wanted to see me. You know, Almost Mm -hmm. Famous wasn't a very big movie. Mm-hmm. It did. It, it didn't. It didn't. It wasn't a big hit. It was a big critical hit. Right. Right. And then. And then when almost. I mean. Then when uh, How to Lose a Guy, and Ten Days came out and was so successful, then it was like I had a lot of awesome offers to to continue. You know, living in that genre in that world, um, and that's kind of how people really wanted to see me and as an actor that's a very hard thing to do because you're like oh I want to make people feel good and I love that but there's this whole other side of me mm-hmm. I like the character actor like I really like that place mm-hmm. like um I like doing transforming like that to me is so much fun and and so trying to find that balance throughout my career has been really challenging but yeah, I mean, it was it was like being shot out of a cannon after after Almost Famous. I know it's incredible. But now I look at it. You have three kids. All right, three kids. I guess Ryder essentially is like launched, right? He's pretty launched. But you have a th- three year old, right? Four. She four. just turned okay, four. Okay, just turned four. And then Bing is eleven. So that's you're in it. So I'm in it. I'm even still in it with Ryder. You know, yeah. like I want to. Make sure, you know, that age, I think, is really like first year in college and and trying to find your feet. And, yeah. You know, can be it's really scary for moms and dads, you know, because you're like, you know, don't go too crazy too soon. Just like, you know, like just chill. Just go walk into that college and just chill the, the fuck yeah. out. OK, like. <laughs> It's like I don't want, I don't want him to get too excited. Um, but yeah, watching him thrive right now—that's the bit. Like for me as a mom, is really interesting because I've got the baby, then I have Bing, who's right in this, like right about to hit his puberty moment, and and Ryder, and seeing the thriving part of your kids as they become adults is like. That's the best success story of like anything I've, I feel like I've done because I can see him like loving life. And that is where you're like, oh, God, that's all you want for your mm-hmm. kids, because it's it's hard raising kids in any mm-hmm. wherever you where whatever and wherever you are, however it is. It's like it's just raising kids is challenging. Um, and. And so now it's kind of like, all right, well, I feel like I think I know what I'm doing. And they're all, but they're all so different. So like the way I have to raise and how to to raise Ryder is so different from how I'm raising Bing Mm -hmm. and Ronnie. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I know. And I think I, I, this is kind of an interesting question, but I know you learned a lot from having, you know, Goldie Hawn as a mom and Kurt Russell as a dad in this business and just how they both embrace life, their own relationship, all of that stuff. And having had the pleasure of being in their company a few times, they're they're absolutely 
delightful parents, yeah, I should full, say. They're, they're full of they're life. They're awesome yeah. and full of life and all of that. Um, and your mom has her own life on, on the Instagram like I've never oh seen God. anything before in my life. I, honestly, <laughs> she posted this thing today that just gave me life. Like, gave me life. I was like, I mean, she literally gave me life, but like it gave me extra life. Yeah. She was, she's just so damn cute. I can't stand yeah. it. And, and, but they're also my parents. Like some, it's funny because, you know, I get now that I'm older, like I can see it from the outside, but the reality is, is from the inside out, it's just, it's, I mean, it's, it's, I, I would think it's like any other family, except that my parents are in the movie industry mm-hmm. and, you know, but we moved, they moved us to Colorado and wanted us to have like a really normal upbringing, almost to the point where they overcompensated for that maybe mm-hmm. a little bit too much. Yeah. Like maybe they were a little harder on us than they would have been if we didn't grow up in this world. I think being raised by those two is, and and has been interesting. They're also so honest. Mm-hmm. Again, as Oliver would say, almost too honest. Like mm-hmm. we didn't need to know everything about your guys' relationship, <laughs> but somehow we have, like we would have family meetings, like, if shit would hit the fan in the family, like, it was like, family, sit down. And it was like, why are we in this meeting, guys? <laughs> it's not like, but we, but our family, Kurt's thing was, this is us, and we do this together. And, and I, I remember the first time when he basically said to my mom, um, this was basically, we had our ceremony as a family. Mm-hmm. We didn't, they didn't get married, but but when he gave her a ring, he said to us, Kit, me and Ollie, he was like, here's the thing. No matter what happens with your mom and I, no matter what, I'm going to be here for you guys. And that was like a real aha moment for Oliver and I, that you can have a relationship with your lover, your partner, and then you can also have an amazing relationship with your children. And... And those things don't have to be mutually exclusive, that they can exist harmoniously no matter what. We just got lucky because they're still mm-hmm. making it work. They're, they're actually cuter now than ever. I don't still know what's right going it's on. It's and so We all cute. idolize them. And, you know, you just you think about Kurt and Goldie and it is like one word now. Right. Basically, yeah. it's great. But knowing that you grew up in that environment, what right. do you hope like that you're you're teaching your three children? Because I look at it and I see the businesswoman, right? Yeah. What you've done with Fabletics. I see that you and Ollie, you have your podcast. You're still just as close. You're as close as ever yep. in adulthood. Um, you've done so much in terms of your own business and in control of your own image. Yeah. So that to me is super impressive. And I guess your mom had, maybe you saw that too growing up, but. Yeah, my mom, I mean, definitely. I think my mom. Well, it was a very different generation. I saw her having to work even harder to sort of be seen as a smart businesswoman. You know, she. I think that generation had to do a lot more fighting, and they 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 definitely had to be harder in order to get their point across. And then it wasn't always necessarily reciprocated as positive, even though my mom's track record is like a producer and, I'm, and you know, I mean, she really was the first female 
movie star to produce her own films. I mean, at the time, women just weren't doing that. And that took a lot from her, like mentally and physically. I mean, she was, it was hard. I remember seeing the work she had to put in. Her, my mom's determination is, is, is unmatched to me. I mean, even I see it in her foundation 20 years in and where she was when she started, where she is now. She, there's no one follows through like my mom. If she decides to put her mind on something, it's, it's, it's really amazing to see. And I, I don't have, I'm too much of an Aries. I'm like, you know, on, on to something like, <laughs> I, you know, I would have probably quit some of the, the mm-hmm. thi- you know, the years that my mom's been doing her foundation. I probably would have been like, oh, I'm going to throw in the towel. Not my mom. Like, she's unbelievable. Like, that's really something. Um, and it kind of like, of course, she's such a legend. Like, that's how you, that's how that happens. And I think that the thing for me is I hope what my kids see is like there's nothing calculated about what I've done. You know, I'm not the kind of person that ever tries to put myself in front of something. I guess I have a little bit of that, you know, what is it called? Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. We all have it. You know. Honestly, I think everybody has. If they're honest. Yeah. A part of me is like, I don't want to, you know, pretend that I'm this person if I don't feel like I've achieved that yet. But then I think what's happened to me is that I kind of feel like the work I want the work to always speak for itself and the success to speak for itself. I don't really want to put myself in front of it. I just want to do cool stuff and do things that I'm passionate about. And, you know, if something comes my way that's exciting, I'm like game, you know, but I've never been calculated in it. And for some reason, I've been able to not be calculated and have really great success in in business. Mm -hmm. And I like it that way. You know, I don't ever want to be too loud in mm-hmm. my business world. It's not for me. Um, and I'm, I'd much rather be loud as Birdie. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Loud uh, on screen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not a CEO. I don't want to be a CEO. Yeah. I love the business w- world. I'm actually really, I kind of thrive in that environment, strangely. And I, I think that that's what I that's really what I got from my mom is that in the room, which is a very male heavy in the even more so, I think, in business than in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I can see the inequity. I can see how unequal it is. It gives me fire because it's so wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do well in that environment, strangely. Then you get loud? <laughs> then I get loud, but not in front of people. Behind the scenes, you know. And I, I like it. I, I, it. You know, it's a different, totally, it works a totally different part of my brain. My hope is, is that whatever that female lineage is that really started with my grandmother, who ran a, a jewelry store, uh, was also a businesswoman, that whatever that Han lineage is, that it can be not just for my daughter, but for my sons as well, that they, they can see the sort of hard work that's been put into everything um, and the dedication without having to be too shiny mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. That makes sense. You know, I get that. Um, yeah, I do a lot of things. I have a lot of arms, right? And like, it's like, sometimes it gets a little c- crazy. Um, but at the core of it is all like a creative process that I, that I just love, that I thrive mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. And it makes me happy. And if it doesn't make me happy, then I'm going to stop, you know? Right. 
Right. I know that you have an album. I know you're wildly talented in other areas. Like, talk about a secret talent. And it's not so secret if I actually think about it, because you have done this before. You have, like, you know, sung on Glee, and you were not, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's not totally under wraps. Yeah. But, like, your vocal range is pretty profound. Thank you. I love to sing. I think that's, like, my happiest. Like, people say, like, where's your happy place? And... Well, clearly, also, you only kitchen, have children with musicians, too, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> right? Like, come yes, on. I'm music is in your I definitely soul. lean towards the music <laughs> side. Um, yeah, no, look, my dad, my real dad's yeah. a musician. And, and Bill and my Uncle Mark and my Uncle Brett, they're really talented musicians and uh, great songwriters. And it's just in our family blood. It's like in the Hudson, yeah. you know. I mean, Oliver maybe didn't get that. (laughs) Ollie may be the only one who didn't get a Hudson music gene. I'm just kidding. But there's more wet in yours. No, but his music gene, you really want to watch on Instagram because he does great, like, early morning songwriting. He's funny. I love Ollie. He's the best. So when I was little, I thought I was going to be, like, a singer, dancer. I always wanted to act. and But to me, like, music was at the forefront because I loved to sing so much. And so I've been writing songs for, I mean, I think that, I mean, I don't know if you'd call it a talent because we'll see if people even like it, but I love to write music. I love to write lyrics. I love to write at my piano. I love to shut my doors and turn the lights off and get really weird for hours. And then I have to remind myself I'm a mother that's my happy place is when I'm creating music. When you do a lot of interviews, people always ask, like, do you, is there any, do you have any regrets? And I'm always like, no. That would be a regret. If I didn't put it out there, if I, and it was all because I was just afraid to do it, then I would, I would not be walking my walk about how I'm raising my kids to, like, be fearless. The one great fear of mine would be that I'd put music out and be completely rejected mm-hmm. for something I love the most. But then COVID happened, I'm like, fuck it, I'm doing it. And so I'm going to do it. And, and hopefully, I have no expectation, which is great for me because it kind of takes the pressure off a little bit. Like, my hope is, is that there are people who do like it and then it allows me to continue to write music and then really sing for people. I love to sing. People ask me what kind of music it is. I don't know how to answer that question. It's like rock, Americana, you know, kind of soulful I mean I don't there's you know it doesn't really have it doesn't I don't know what it fits into but I'm really excited and I have some great collaborators so like Linda Perry is writing with me and (laughs) and Danny so it was me Lynn and Danny that wrote really the whole record and it's all my I did all the lyrics and uh, and Danny is your uh, Danny's my partner for our listeners yeah Mm -hmm. And that's a whole other lineage because that's what I love also about whatever happens on the other side of the 405. Right. Like that's what we say, east side, west side. <laughs> I happen to live on the east side, west side. It's like delineated by the by the freeway, right? But but Danny, his father was was with yeah, with obviously Sarah Sarah that's Foster. That's right. My and best Foster. girlfriend's mom right. was basically married to my now partner's dad. So I've known right. Danny since he was a sophomore in high school. Yeah, the good Unbelievable. News, but we didn't hang out that yeah, much. You know, course. I mean, like, he was like, you know. You but probably I, didn't give him the time of day. Are you kidding? 
Not at that time. <laughs> Although I was always very much attracted to Danny. He was always the one. There's like there's three Fujikawa boys, and they were always the boys, you know, when we were younger. That it would be like, what's your Fujikawa type? Right. Like what's because they kind of represent very they're all very handsome like guys. Ice cream. Basically. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and girls would sit yeah. at parties and, and look at them, just like stare at them and be like, I think I'm a Brady. And I, I was always a Danny. Danny was always to me. I could tell like there was a lot going on there and he was always a little more aloof. I'm a sucker for the ones that, you know, aren't the tap dancers that are a little more mysterious. Mm-hmm. And. And he was, he's such a creative. I mean, like a very soulful creative. I always was attracted to him, but I never thought that we'd end up together. But I'm so glad because I did so much work on myself from like my relationships and I finally was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I have to like figure out what the fuck my problem is and, or at least own whatever the problem is. And then I have to like, just be alone for a while, you know? And that's what I did. And so I was alone for like three years. And I don't think if I took that time to really just be with myself and be so happy alone with my two boys that I would have allowed that relationship to unfold the way it has. It's the most beautiful relationship. And I am so, he's just such a grounding force for me. I have amazing relationships in my life, but like Danny is just has been really mm-hmm. special for my fam- me, my family, my kids. Well, it kind of makes sense to me because it connects, one, it connects the whole world and the community that you grew up in and know. And mm-hmm. two, it's grounded you in a way that now you're braver than, than, yes, maybe it was COVID, but also I think it's like you're in a place in your life now where you're like, fuck it, I'm going to release yeah, the album. I feel s- I'm going to do this. I want to be very specific about the people that I'm working with now, if I get an opportunity to work with great directors, like that's really what I want to be focused on. I feel really lucky that I actually can do that. I can take a step back and I can kind of really make the movies that excite me. Obviously it starts with the storytelling, but really, I mean, the filmmakers and, and the people that I'm working with, I just want to like wait for things that really inspire me. Working with people that I admire was just, I, that's, that's where I want to be. It's, it's where I feel safest. Like you're saying, when you're in a relationship that makes you feel safe, you feel like you can jump off that cliff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that I wouldn't do that without a relationship, but when you have a good partnership, it does. And then the same thing goes with director, actor, you can jump off the cliff and know that there's going to be a big old safety net down there that's gonna like softly bring you down to the ground. You don't have to be afraid to take chances. Well, I'm asking everybody this season okay. a question about the little wins. Ooh. And I know you have three kids and a career. There's lots of chaos happening in your life. <laughs> What's been a tiny win lately for you? Oh, a little win. I love yeah. that. Just a little win. A little win would be when someone makes me food (laughs) or someone plans something other than me. I mean, I have this thing in our family. I'm like, can someone, like, there's so much going on. It's like, I just, Danny's pretty good at it. I have to say, like, you know, for, for a dude, he does a really good job of, like, planning stuff out. 
But I think a little win for me is just a really well-made matcha latte. <laughs> That's your drink, a matcha and latte? Just, we were making someone, one for you and earlier someone today. someone just <laughs> handing it to me like, today. That was a little win today. I walked in and Brad, my publicist, just handed me an oat matcha latte. And I was like, oh, I love you so much. <laughs> so that's pretty little and pretty and pretty impactful, I would yeah. say. That counts. Um, that definitely is a little win, and it's such a great LA moment too. Yeah. Oat milk matcha latte. Although I haven't had the matcha, but my kids are into matcha. I don't even know. I have to try it. My daughter loves to dress me, and because I dress her, you know, it's and and there's something about that to me is a little win because. It's also a large win because what I realize is that my daughter's a, a nurturer and that it's like I realize like, oh, she is going to take care of me one day. And like that, that feels like a little win in the moment, but it's really a, a huge win. And she and, and the way that she she's also a Libra. So, of course, you know, everything's very particular, but she puts my socks on puts my shoes on. She wants to put my pants on all the time. I mean, it's like she really wants to take care of her mom. Mm. And I'm like, oh, that's a, a, a little win, huge, little huge win. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I love you, Kate Hudson. Thank you I so much you. for coming Thanks. on. It's this so fun. great to see you. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm Krista Smith, your host and creator of the show. Skip Intro is produced and edited by Isabel Arricchio and engineered by Dave Corwin. Special thanks to our coordinator, Alyssa Hillman. Please subscribe, rate, and review Skip Intro wherever you've been listening. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Krista Smith. If you enjoy the podcast, please go to NetflixQ.com for more. That's NetflixQueUE.com. 